do you find yourself distracted, right? We live in a world where the phone vibrates. It's so easy to just pick it up or even like we get distracted. We're ready to do something. We've got it all planned out. And then somebody calls us and we don't know what we were doing. Or we even walk into the kitchen because we're going to do something and we see something out the window and bam, all of a sudden we don't remember what we were doing. This sense of distraction is becoming more and more prevalent, right? We get distracted in all kinds of ways all the time. Ever been at the table with friends and everybody's looking at their phone? Or we get distracted at work. Like we are on a mission, we're getting ready to get the work done. Somebody says something to us and it, it just gets all mixed up and we get kind of what in the world is happening. Maybe we even find ourselves where we get distracted and it just frustrates us because we had such good intentions. We were so ready to fill in the blank. Well, as we're navigating, how do we focus? What should we be focusing on when it seems that distractions swirl around us all the time, right? Every three seconds on TV, the image changes. It's gotten us used to being distracted. We can't even watch TV now without being on our computers, on our phones, and maybe even eating dinner. How do we begin to think, what is really important here? How do we focus on the things that need to happen for our lives so that we are cultivating a life that is thriving instead of robbing us of energy? What might it mean to focus on things, not just for ourselves, but actually could be healing, helping for others? So in this discussion today, we are actually gonna look at Acts chapter five, and that chapter, we actually started in that chapter a couple weeks ago with the power of being honest with yourself. And so we are gonna finish it out today looking at this thing about distractions and focusing and what do we need to be focused on? How do we do it? How do we get clarity on where our focus needs to be when the distractions absolutely will not stop? And we're going to look at this story of the 12 apostles. It's all of them. It's all of the apostles. And they're going to have a run-in with the Jewish council. They're going to have a run-in with the high priest. They're going to have a run-in with the temple guards as they're trying to focus on what Jesus has called them to do. And a couple of things before we get into this chapter. It's important to remember one is that the apostles have become popular at this point because they're healing people. They are healing everyday people. They're hanging out at the temple and it, they are responding to people's needs. They are being that healing presence. And so they have gotten rather popular. The second thing is, this is also a, an imprisonment story. And this is the first of three prison stories in Acts. And it's important to know that at this time in ancient literature, that prison was used as a literary device to encompass what is the, the person, what are the people, what are they struggling with, and how do they overcome it? How do they break free? How do they get out of? 
Just as today, we've got superhero movies that are all about being able to articulate the best of humanity and the worst of humanity and how those superhero movies show the difficulty of the good overcoming the bad, but what happens when it does. And so we have to recognize that this story is using some literary devices to kind of pull us in kind of help us to understand how the apostles are going to navigate this really difficult situation. So starting in Acts 5, verses 17 through 21. The high priest, together with his allies, the Sadducees, was overcome with jealousy. They seized the apostles and made a public show of putting them in prison. An angel from the Lord opened the prison doors during the night and led them out. The angel told them, go, take your place in the temple and tell the people everything about this new life. Early in the morning, they went into the temple as they had been told and began to teach. When the high priest and his colleagues gathered, they convened the Jerusalem council. That is the full assembly of Israel's elders. They sent word to the prison to have the apostles brought before them. So the setup here is, right, the high priests, the Sadducees, totally jealous. They are jealous of how popular the apostles are. They are jealous of how the people are responding to the apostles' message of healing, of being an encouragement. Think about that for a second. The high priests, the Sadducees, are so focused on this distraction of power. They are so focused on being popular. They are so focused on how they are being wronged by the apostles. They are focused upon jealousy. That's what they're distracted by. That they can no longer, in this moment, they can no longer figure out where God is calling them, how God is calling them to be with the people, how God is calling them to use their gifts and abilities with others. And so out of that, they imprison, they are focused and distracted on the wrong things, and it makes this moment of them imprisoning others. And that's a great metaphor there, right? And we've talked about that in other weeks of how sometimes our thoughts, our perceptions, our beliefs, our self-righteousness, the way we think life should be no matter what, can begin to imprison ourselves and imprison others. And so their jealousy imprisons the apostles. And so for ourselves, when we think about those things that we hold on to, whether about ourselves or about others, and how it may imprison us, it may hold us back, it may keep us from letting go, it may keep us from recognizing where God is calling us, how God is calling us to be in this world. And so they throw the apostles in prison, and a messenger of the Lord comes, also known as an angel a sense of God's presence in the moment. And this is what gets said. Go take your place in the temple and tell the people everything about this new life. The apostles right here, right? The apostles are actually in a position of going, wait a minute, like 
things are not good. This is not exactly what we wanted, how we wanted life to go. We were trying to do the good thing. We were trying to make the right decision. We were trying to be the healing and encouragement to show the love of Jesus, which they are called to do, which Jesus calls all of us to do. And here, someone else's decisions imprison them, are trying to distract them from their focus. And so the messenger of the Lord says, nope, go take your place in the temple and tell the people everything about this new life. The, the, the fact of the messenger says, wait a minute, God called you to be. God calls you to react. God calls you to live in this particular way of being this healing presence, of loving others. Don't get distracted by everything else. Don't get distracted by the hardships. Don't get, get distracted by other people's beliefs, perceptions, anger, stress, jealousy. Stay focused. And so they do. Because we all need a chance to refocus, right? We all, we all need that element of being able to go, wait a minute, I, I think I'm, I'm not on the path I should be on. I think I need to be focused over here as opposed to there. And so a reminder. We often need reminders. And here God's ready to give it. God's ready to give it to the apostles. And the apostles take it. Now the others... The others are like, wait a minute, we're going to stick it to them. Like, we are so done with them because they are so focused on their jealousy, on how uncomfortable they are. They are so focused on holding power over others that they want to use their gifts and abilities to harm. They are distracted by the anger. They are distracted by fear. They are distracted by their stress and their angst and can no longer see the way of God. Continuing on in verses 22 through 26. However, the guards didn't find them in the prison. They returned and reported, we found the prison locked and well secured with guards standing at the doors. But when we opened the doors, we found no one inside. When they received the news, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were baffled and wondered what might be happening. Just then someone arrived and announced, look, the people who put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Then the temple... Then the captain left with his guards and brought the apostles back. They didn't use force because they were afraid of pe that people would stone them. All right. So the guards, the council, the Sadducees, the high priest, are all located at the temple. And they don't notice that the apostles have shown back up in their space, in their area. Because they are still so focused on how they want to control, how they are going to harm, how they are going to rein in the apostles. Because they are so focused on the wrong things. They are so distracted by certain things that they cannot even take the time to notice that the apostles have shown back up. That the apostles are back to healing and loving. 
Sometimes we get so distracted, right? We get so distracted and we get so focused on the wrong things that we can't see the good around us. We get so focused upon how the world is falling apart, about how many bad and awful things there are that we can never see the good or how God is calling us to respond. Sometimes we focus in on how things aren't the way that we want them to be. We can't notice where God is calling us to use our gifts to build one another up. And so in this moment, they don't even realize it until somebody says, look, the people you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. All of a sudden, their attention, it's like, wait a minute, what's happening? And so for ourselves, when we're thinking about that, when we're processing that, when we're thinking about what distracts us in life every single day, and we get distracted all the time in all kinds of ways, what is robbing us of life, what is disconnecting us from God, what are the things that keep distracting us from loving our neighbors, what keeps distracting us from helping one another, what keeps distracting us from healing and encouraging, what distracts us from being kind, what distracts us from building one another up? Is it we feel incapable? It's too big? We feel too much anger? We feel wronged? What are the things that keep distracting us from doing the good of God in this world? Continuing on in verses 27 through 33. The apostles were brought before the council where the high priest confronted them. In no uncertain terms, we demanded that you not teach in this name. And look at you. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to hold us responsible for this man's death. Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than humans. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God has exalted Jesus to his right hand as leader and savior so that he could enable Israel to change its heart and life and to find forgiveness of sins for sins. We are witnesses of such things as is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When the council members heard this, they became furious and wanted to kill the apostles. All right, so here, right, the apostles, they bring them back in. This council there, they're, they're furious, they're angry. That's all they can think about is how they told them what to do, and that's not what they did. And they are so focused on holding their power, on making life the way they want it, that the response of the apostles is actually to make them think. We must obey God rather than humans. The apostles are actually trying to refocus them. In fact, it should. like it's, it's calling them to task, right? It's calling them to the moment of, let's be honest, about what part did you play in this situation. But notice how they ended it. 
to find forgiveness for sins, to change its heart and life and to find forgiveness for sins. So the apostles are trying to refocus them and say, wait a minute, why not be focused upon God? Why not be focused upon where is God guiding us? Where is God guiding us in mercy? Where is God guiding us in love? Where is God guiding us in forgiveness? And instead of hearing any of that, it continued to be distracted by their anger and their fear. They continue to be distracted by what's really not important. Continuing on in verses 34 through 38, one council member, a Pharisee and teacher of the law named Gamaliel, well respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the man be taken outside for a few moments. He said, Fellow Israelites, consider carefully what you intend to do to these people. Some time ago, Thutis appeared, claiming to be somebody, and some 400 men joined him after he was killed. All of his followers scattered, and nothing came of that. Afterward, at the time of the census, Judas the Galilean appeared and got some people to follow him in a revolt. He was killed too, and all of his followers scattered far and wide. Here's my recommendation in this case. Distance yourselves from these men. Let them go. If their plan or activity is of human origin, it will end in ruin. All right, so Gamaliel, a famous rabbi of the time, Famous teacher, happens to also be the teacher of Paul, the Apostle Paul. We haven't quite gotten to Paul yet. He is trying to impart some wisdom. He, he's actually trying to refocus the council because he even gets this sense of, wait a minute, where is God in this? Is God in this? Do we need to be questioning that? And he reminds them of a couple of situations. Now, what's interesting, historically, Judas is actually at the beginning, more along the lines of 6 CE, whereas this Thotis, Thutis, Thutis, that this guy is actually more in the 40s. He's like around 44, 46. And what's interesting is the Acts, this part of Acts, is actually going over a period of time before the 44, 46. So there seems to be some historical oddity here. Important to note, we think Acts is written between 80 and 90 CE. So a sense here, right? A sense of what in the world's going on. The history seems to be a little bit out because that's not what's really important. What's really important in the moment is that Gamaliel is actually trying to give some wisdom so that anybody who hears this story Anybody who actually experiences this story is like recognizing that there is a sense that there needs to be a new path, that we need to not be distracted. And what's really funny is the microphones in this moment are actually distracting me because I know one of them has gone out, but one of them is still working. So it's kind of weird, right? As we're trying to focus, as even I'm preaching, of speaking, of discussing this that there is a distraction that comes. And so the distraction can come at any moment, and Gamaliel is trying to remind them of that, that they've got to refocus of where, where is God, and that God may be in this situation, 
And if God isn't in the situation, they will know. If God is, they will also know. So it's kind of like letting it go and giving it to God. So Gamaliel is actually like, we have been imprisoning ourselves with trying to get at these folks. Maybe we just need to back up and let it go and give it over to God. That sense of what do we focus on? That sense of what do we allow to distract us? What do we allow to call us back? What do we allow ourselves to be called back to hearing, experiencing, being guided by God? Who do we even allow? Because there's something important here about this whole thing, right? Gamaliel imparts some wisdom and he's trying to get them to think that we do this as a community that we are not alone in this of trying to figure it out by ourselves, trying to figure out how do we refocus ourselves upon what is connected to God and what is not, what is life giving, what is robbing us of life. How do we begin to do that is a community effort that we are doing this with one another because none of us are perfect. And even as a community, we can screw up too, but that we're in it together. We belong with one another to be able to encourage and uphold, to be able to give us direction in ways maybe we hadn't even considered individually. And so Gamaliel, Gamaliel is trying to give a sense of a way forward. Finishing up in verses 39 through 42, if it originates with God, you won't be able to stop them. Instead, you would actually find yourselves fighting God the council was convinced by his reasoning. After calling the apostles back, they had them beaten. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus. Then they let them go. The apostles left the council rejoicing because they had been regarded as worthy to suffer disgrace for the sake of the name. Every day they continued to teach and proclaim the good news that Jesus is the Christ, both in the temple and in the houses. So Gamaliel finishes out, if it originates with God, you won't be able to stop them. Instead, you would actually find yourselves fighting God. The council was convinced by his reasoning. That, that moment right there, right? That all important moment where they're like, okay, we need to consider this. Okay, maybe we do need to refocus ourselves. Now, did they refocus themselves completely? No, they still want to harm and show the apostles who's really in charge, who has the power. After calling the apostles back, they had them beaten. So the apostles are trying to stay focused on healing, on sharing love, and this council just does not like them does not want anything to do with them in the sense of making their lives miserable. That's what they're focused on. And so it's that sense for us that even when we are focused, when our focus is in the right direction, that it doesn't mean that it makes life easy, that there's going to be quick fixes, that people won't still say unkind things, that things won't still try to distract us. And yet the apostles stay the course, they keep focused, and they left the council rejoicing. And this is an odd turn of phrase, because they had been regarded as worthy to suffer disgrace for the sake of the name. And what that's trying to get at is this sense 
that even when we are focused upon what is good, when we are focused upon God, when we are focused upon using our gifts and abilities to help and heal, to love, to show mercy and grace, to encourage one another, to be that presence of peace and love in this world, that presence of joy, that we get to rejoice when we've done something really difficult, when we've stayed that course, when we have focused down, when we are like, nope, I am going to stay on it. I am going to try to focus upon where God is guiding me through this situation. That it's a sense of an accomplishment. That yeah, no, it wasn't easy. It wasn't comfortable at all. But being able to stay focused, that's some hard work to be proud of. To say, wait a minute, no, I can't accomplish with God. I can stay the course. I can still be that healing presence in the world. I can still encourage one another even when. And something quite beautiful. And so for ourselves, of thinking about how we stay the course, of how we live through that, of how, what all the things that distract us every single day in all kinds of ways. And recognize that God is still calling to us, helping us, trying to refocus us, so that we get to rejoice, so that we get this sense of every day they continue to teach and proclaim the good news that Jesus is the Christ, both in the temple and in the houses. They stayed focused and they got to rejoice. And so for ourselves, with whatever's distracting us, with whatever keeps us, with whatever imprisons us, with whatever keeps us from living out love, that keeps us from living out peace and joy, that keeps us from living out. We have to know that to do so, to keep that focus, it's going to get some uncomfortable and it may challenge us and the distractions will keep coming. And yet when we keep that focus, that there is that possibility for being filled with joy, of being filled with a sense of, wait a minute, God really does go with us a sense that strengthens us and encourages us, that inspires us in our lives. And so for ourselves, as we think about the things that distract us, the things that try to take our focus away from what is good and encouraging, from what is inspiring and life-giving, what are the things we need to let go of? What are the practices we need to take up to help us focus in on those things that are connected to God? How will we be challenged and inspired by this story today? Amen.